It is quite uh, wonderful to see just what the church is. The church is not a building or an institution. It's people in relationship with Jesus and each other. And these verses just sum that up. So let's just read two verses. Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16. We don't want to be blown about by every wind of doctrine, says Paul in verse 14. So instead of being blown about and just influenced by everything that's going on around us, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Bill Hybels, in one of his books, says about himself, and I could say it about myself, how have I got the cheek? I think he used an American phrase. This is my anglicised version. How have I got the cheek to ask people who are already busy at work or in the home to get involved in serving the church? And in a sense, I can feel that as I sit there this morning. How have I got the cheek to ask these people who I know are busy at work or in the home to get involved in serving the church? Well, I think the answer for me is that I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ is the most important body of people on the whole planet. I'm not saying yet, I'm not saying this church, I'm saying the church. That is, those who belong to Jesus. The Church of Jesus Christ, these are the most important people on the whole planet. They are the people who God has commissioned and, and sent out with the good news about Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ at work in this world. And I believe the church operates at two levels, the universal, I've just made a reference to, and then local churches. And I think that's biblical and right. And local churches are also bodies. They're bodies of Christ. They're a local manifestation. And we, which is the family church, are such a local body. And I believe, therefore, we are amongst the most important people, because there are other bodies, in this area, other Christian groups, in this area and in our nation. And actually, what the church does and how the church is working, is the church effective in what it's meant to do? That will decide the fate, I believe, of a nation. And when we are concerned, and we're going to pray a bit tonight about the state of our nation, one of the things that that should stir up is a concern for the church. Because the church is really the thermostat of the nation, not the thermometer, the thermostat. If the church is set warm and hot in God, ultimately the nation will be affected. Just like your thermostat at home, when you set it at a temperature, eventually the house will warm up. And I believe that what the church does is utterly vital. I don't even know what words to use that are strong enough for what happens in our nation. The best thing you can do for Britain is to be actively involved in building a healthy, active local church. And if you're living here and part of this church, this is your highest calling. What can I do for my nation? Well, build the church. Get involved in an active way in building a vibrant local church so that the gospel can be demonstrated and lived out in your locality. We do come at the end of a week when we've had this embarrassing and irritating, and I don't know what words to use, fuss around the Archbishop of Canterbury. And I hadn't planned to mention it, but you can't avoid it. I find it frustrating and annoying 
that he said what he did, which I think is a foolishness, and that the, contra- the controversy is all around that. If we're going to be controversial, let's be controversial about Jesus. Let's be controversial about the gospel. Let's have some flack for saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven, because he is. Let's have some flack for saying that there is no hope unless you come to know Jesus as your Saviour and Lord. And that Jesus Christ is the name above all, every name. People won't like that. But let's at least draw their fire for the right reason, eh? Now, that's not where we're at. But it means that in this day and age, we have to be on the front foot about Jesus and his church. People think that's the church. And it's ever so sad. It's very confusing. And it's very hard for us. Because you think that isn't the church. That is not the church. I don't know what it is. It's some part of our political, social makeup and nonsense and humanistic mixture with whatever. But it's not the church. The church is people who love Jesus and are in relationship together and are proclaiming, living and acting out the gospel. And that is what we're called to be. Now, I'm looking through my notes because I know that this subject I could speak with great passion for a long time and I mustn't do that because we haven't got the time. I do want to say one thing, though. Let's glance at my notes, because when I was preparing this, I actually thought and prayed about it quite a lot, really. So it's a pity to only have ten minutes, but that's fine. That's much better to see what the church is, and I'm not worried about the time. But when I was preparing and thinking about it, this thing did keep coming back to me. You know, people talk a lot about vision today, and they often ask me, people ask me, what is your vision for the church? And, and sometimes I actually find it hard to answer For the reason I'm going to explain, I find it almost frustrating when people ask me, be very honest. I know some of you, so well, then I'll ask him again. But I find it hard because I try to articulate things and I maybe end up by talking about, which I do believe, that we should double and double again. I do believe that is a prophetic thing God's spoken to us about. But actually, that isn't really my vision. My vision isn't about doubling and doubling again. My vision is to see a healthy church where everybody in the church loves Jesus, where they're all connected to Jesus Christ and connected to each other. And I can't really make it any more dressed up than that. And I believe that sort of church will grow. And I believe God gives us prophetic spurs and provocations, such as the multiple prophecies about doubling and doubling again, which are very exciting. But we can't make ourselves double and double again. You can't do it. It can't really be your vision. Up to a point, if it's not, your vision is to be a healthy, vibrant, local body of Christ. That's, that's all it can be. That we do genuinely love and worship Jesus and love each other and work together. And that actually what is spoken in the Bible about a body and all that sort of thing is real. That is what we're meant to be. Now, we will, I believe, grow and double. But our goal is to be a healthy, living body of Christ. Church is not attending Sunday morning. It's not just coming together for even a midweek meeting and Sunday morning. It's, it's about being a community in relationship to one another and to Jesus Christ. And these verses that I've just read do tell us what that means. First of all, every one of us needs to be connected to the head, Jesus Christ. That means our own walk with God is vital to the growth of the church. You can't rely on a few people being red hot for Jesus to have a healthy church. It needs every single one well connected to Jesus, the head. Submitted to him, committed to him, seeking to serve him, love him, worship him. When we worship, 
There's a lot of responsibility on the worship team and the tech team, and we thank God for them. But actually, the responsibility is on all of us to be worshippers. And you could multiply that example right the way through. Witness is not down to a few people on the farmer's market or, or just an evangelistic team, which, or the alpha team, whatever word you want to use. Actually, it's about all of us sharing our faith with, with our friends. We're all witnesses. We're all, we're all everything in one level. Of course, we come forward and take part where we can. But actually, we all do it to Jesus because we're connected to him, the head. And we love him and want to serve him. A healthy church is when every member is connected in well with the other members. So we all need to be connected to the head, like a body. God used that picture of a body, but it's the same God who made bodies, who gave us this picture. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And in actual fact, I think it's more than just a picture. The body picture is used a lot in the New Testament. It comes out in 1 Corinthians 12, it comes out in Colossians 2, it comes out in Romans 12, and here again in Ephesians 4. It is not just a nice idea. It is how it works. Church works because, like my body, every member needs to to be connected to the head. And in my body, in a healthy body, thank God I've got a reasonably healthy one, what happens is that they all get their instructions from my brain, from my head. But they also need to be in good relationship together. Otherwise, it doesn't work. My body doesn't work. If there's a a disjointing here, my hand won't work. And that is how it is with us. That every one of us is well-related to Jesus and well-related to one another. And in actual fact, it doesn't matter how strong an individual member of the body is, if the joint isn't good... It doesn't work. We take the simple matters of bones. and You know, I can have a very strong forearm, whatever it is, bone, but if that hasn't got a good, strong elbow joint, then it's useless. The joint is actually as important as the individual member. And in the body of Christ, it talks in this passage about joints and ligaments. And I think joints are where individual members meet. In other words, they're relationships. So our relationships are vital. Young and old, the relationships in the church are absolutely vital. So if you say to me, well, what's your vision? Vision's a healthy church. What does that break down to? Well, one thing it breaks down to is relationships. It breaks down to working at the interpersonal relationships at a number of levels. Not merely friends, brothers and sisters. Great that you've got bunches of friends, but working relationships. So teams like this need to learn, and do, I know, to have good relationships together. Joining the catering team. joining it, it all helps you to be jointed into the body. That's the beauty of it. It's actually for your benefit and the body's benefit. These are not just to achieve functions, to make sure that nice meals are provided for Alpha or that uh, our children have a great w- hour on a Sunday morning. They do do that. But actually, they need to be teams. I, I personally struggle as it grows to, to think how to do this. But I know in my spirit it's absolutely vital that we need to keep working relationally. That's what a lot of our, our, our thinking has to be. How do we make sure teams get on well together? How do we interrelate? Because the joints are relationships. We have to work at them. They don't all just happen. It talks about every supporting ligament. In verse 16. Now I've made a list of things which I, each one is a major point. I'm just going to list them. I'm not even going to make a major point. But I think ligaments are things that strengthen joints and relationships. Well, these are some of the ligaments I believe are biblical. Mutual commitment. That when we're in a church, this church, we are committed to it. 
This is not somewhere where we just come occasionally or come on Sunday morning or just when it suits us. Everything is part of our commitment. So, you know, attending Sunday morning is a norm unless there are uh, the exceptional things that come across us, holidays or family occasions. Coming to the small group, to the community group, is normal. Um, Even the prayer meetings and things, brothers and sisters, shouldn't be that optional in our thinking. Now, I'm not giving you a heavy time. I'm saying we're committed to what this church does. Obviously, I myself don't make everything. I understand that. But there's a sort of bottom line that this is what holds us together. There's mutual acceptance that I accept the other brothers and sisters, warts and all, just as Jesus Christ accepted me. That's what the Bible tells us to do. There's mutual respect. That strengthens our relationship. That we, we realise that we need everybody. We all need each other in the church. There's a mutual loyalty. We don't gossip about one another. We don't listen to hearsay. We need to have very good evidence before we believe bad of one another. If there is a problem, we try and sort it out between each other. If we can't do it alone, we bring others involved. We determine to be in good relationship. Mutual responsibility. We share together with one another's sufferings and joys. There's practical help offered to one another. And I actually just want to say, what we as a church do and carry is all of our mutual responsibility. For example, we've got a gift day coming up in March. We've got a lovely building, but we still owe about 350,000. Actually, it's about 330,000. And then we want 20,000 more to, to just finish off one or two things that... If we'd had the money, we would have done. Now, we're having gift days in March. That's all our responsibility to pray for. I hope you feel healthy, challenged. Lord, what am I going to give? Where's it going to come from? We carry that together. I'm praying, I'll just tell you now, I'm praying that we get at least £200,000. Now, the reason I'm praying that is we actually owe some loans which need to be paid back in March, which will be about one hundred and eighty. And so if we don't get that sort of money, we'll go to the bank. But it would be nice to actually discharge that. I mean, it would be wonderful to receive more and to cover the whole 350. That would be amazing. And I would love us to end on a bang, as I've said before, with this whole project of the NBC, you know, to end on a, a high point. But can you join me in praying that God provides something miraculous? At least 200,000 on the 2nd and 9th of March when we do our gift day. Take responsibility with me to say, Lord, can we finish off? We've paid all the, all the, the um, people who did the work, but we actually do owe money to people who lent us money to finish paying. We've had a wonderful provision by God. God's done some marvellous things in the years since we started this project. But let's end it on a good note as well. Let's together pray and sacrificially give too, I know. But there's a mutual responsibility for the church. There's a mutual submission, which is part of honouring each other's giftings, honouring what we do. And if someone is serving you in an area, submitting to their service, you know, if they're helping you by, I don't know, giving out tea and coffee, that you, you're polite to them and you sort of receive, receive it with a, with a, a thank you. And, and you allow people, you sort of, if someone's leading the worship, you try and follow their lead. If they're leading your community group, you try and follow their lead. There's a mutual submission all across the church. It's not just about leadership and eldership. So there is every connection, a connection, every member into the body. And finally, the third point that I would draw uh, from this, these few verses is that every member needs to play their part. It says that very clearly, that the church will grow. Let me just draw your attention to it. Verse 16. 
The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we won't grow with just some parts doing their work. We need each part. We need everybody involved if we're going to grow. And the growth is not purely quantity. It's a sort of qualitative growth. It says here, growing up into Jesus, verse 15. Growing and building ourselves up in love. We want a church which grows in love for one another and for the world. We want a church that grows in its knowledge and our knowledge of Jesus. And grows to be more like Jesus. We really are like him, his body, to the world around. Well, we won't do that if every part isn't working and playing their part. And I believe we've seen this morning that we're a long way to, to down the road, a good way down the road of every part playing their part and doing their part. But I would say there's more. I say that if you this morning feel a bit stirred up by that, I hope so, that you, you get fully involved in helping to build this church and to extend God's kingdom right here in this nation, in this part of the nation. Now, I did want us to end by breaking bread, and we're going to. Um, I, I thought it would be an appropriate way, so if the band could come up, just to acknowledge that we are not just an organisation. We are a people related to Jesus and related to each other. And the Church of Jesus Christ that we represent, this local body, is a dynamic, living, organic unity linked to Jesus and linked to each other. And so we're going to take ten minutes to finish off by breaking bread together. Now, it's going to be hard to organise because I want it to be happy and chaotic. <laughs> you've gone very quiet because, like me, you've sat and thought and listened. But in a moment, I want you to stand up. We're going to have a couple of songs just to praise God. And in the second song, we'll have one song, we'll stop. I'm going to describe to you what we're going to do. But what we're going to acknowledge is that we are a body of Christ together. We are a group of people related to Jesus and related to one another. That's right, isn't it? We're only here because we love Jesus Christ. We believe he's called us to be in this place at this time. And we're just going to thank him for saving us. We're going to thank him for bringing us into this situation now. And we're going to acknowledge that we're people united in Jesus Christ. Amen.